You're listening to The Breakaway Breakdown, a bi-weekly podcast featuring breakaway roping's top talents from the professional level down to the amateurs, news, and more. We're going to be covering the fastest sport on dirt. I'm your host, Caitlin Gustav. This episode is brought to you by Equinity. Stay tuned for the commercial break to learn more. Can anyone believe that it's already 2022? I'm still in awe. You guys, it is Caitlin Gustav, and welcome to another episode of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast. Today, I am excited to announce that our special guest is Danielle Lohman. She is from the Navajo Nation. She is the 2021 Indian National Finals Rodeo World Champion Breakaway Roper. She is also a 2021 National Finals of Breakaway Roping Qualifier, and she holds a special title in history of being the first ever Navajo Nation Breakaway Roping Qualifier for the National Finals of Breakaway Roping. History continues to be made in the breakaway roping. We love it. Danielle is from Gilbert, Arizona, and you'll get to listen to her background. She tells you a little bit how she got into roping. So Danielle talks about all of her experiences. She talks about getting to this point in her career with a breakaway rope, her horsepower, her family, which is huge to her, and all the little things that kind of make Danielle, Danielle. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and let us know what you think. Danielle, thank you for being on the podcast. For the past year was pretty awesome. You won the Indian National Finals Rodeo in the Breakaway, and you also qualified for your first ever National Finals of Breakaway Roping. Um, you know, how surreal was 2021 for you? 2021 was probably the best year that I've had of being a um, pro rodeo breakaway roper. Mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, I gained a lot of experience my first year trying to get to the national finals in the breakaway and I felt like I finally, you know, you know, went after and started working at it really hard to get better and to just try to make things work and I felt like I just been so blessed to uh, you know, do this journey and to have all these opportunities every day, you know, trying to make a living with this roping and mm-hmm. I felt, you know, I was pretty fortunate to do it all in 2021 and have a good year. And I mean, I can't complain. I felt, I felt like, you know, I gained, I gained more, you know, experience and more confidence. And I feel like 2022 is probably going to be another good year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've kind of, obviously you set yourself up in a good position to where you're going to be able to get to all those indoor rodeos that pay really well at the beginning of the season am i right yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty stoked about those rodeos i mean i haven't ever got to uh compete in those rodeos so Mm -hmm. it's like i'm pretty excited but i've been watching you know videos like of fort worth when they first had the breakaway there and then you know just kind of checking out like the houston videos of the tie down ropers you know doing a little bit of studying and San Antonio and I'm pretty excited for those big rodeos and you know very thankful that they all got us you know invited us there and putting up so much money for us to make a living on Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it's 
People are really stepping up for the breakaway ropers, and it's obviously we've seen it, it's growing year by year, um, which is super cool to witness. And I'm sure you know, being a competitor like yourself is super cool to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, being a part of it, like I honestly didn't think like I would be, you know, uh, no, I honestly didn't think that like it. Like, I came in a perfect time, you mm -hmm. know, like, I kind of started out to where, you know, Breakaway was getting a little big, and then, like, I started to think to myself, you know, maybe I could do this Breakaway thing, you know, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, like, the more you, you know, and you get involved, like, the more you want to do it, the more you want to get better, mm -hmm. and, like, it's, it's basically, like, you know, I kept coming to Texas and I kept, you know, coming back. And the more I kept seeing them rope, I would just sit there and watch and watch and watch. And, you know, like just watching made me want to be better, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. No, I, and I I thought that really helped me is coming at a good time to where, you know, everyone else was already doing their own thing, you know, trying to make it big. And mm -hmm. I was just, you know, there like at the right moment at mm -hmm. the right time. So I thought that's pretty amazing that, you know, I get to be a part of the journey that, you know, we're on right now. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, you know, which is super cool too. um, being a part of the journey is also making history, which all the breakaway ropers are doing, but you, um, as being the first ever, Navajo woman to qualify for the national finals of breakaway roping. That's something that no one can take away from you. Um, you know, how cool is that to be able to represent, um, you know, Navajo women entering this, this huge event and making that history? You know, I, uh, I really thought like, um, I wasn't the first, but like, you know, now that I really realize it, I am actually the first <laughs> full Navajo. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, making that, like, it was never even, was never really something that I went for. But, you know, just for it to be a part of the journey, like, I am so thankful that, you know, I got to come this direction and, mm -hmm. you know, show people that, you know, if I can do it, I'm pretty sure, you know, more people from the Navajo Res can do it, you know, and mm -hmm. I feel like that's what, you know, uh, Derek, Eric, and AT, you know, they, mm -hmm. they did that, they did that in the team roping, and now that I'm doing it in a breakaway, you know, that's pretty awesome, like, mm -hmm. I feel like now, you know, everyone's like, oh, like, everyone who's very competitive on the Res, like, I'm pretty sure they're like, damn, Dilo's doing it. Let's go, you know? So I'm kind of excited, you know, that I opened the door for, you know, our Navajo Nation to mm -hmm. see that, you know, I'm here and, you know, everyone is welcome to come. You know, you mm -hmm. just gotta, you just gotta have the confidence. You just gotta believe and, you know, anything's possible if you keep praying and, you know, it'll work out in your favor. Yeah, no, I 100% agree, and that's super cool. Um, like you said, it, it it's proof that people can do it, and hopefully, you know, 
people from the Navajo Nation will step up and start entering the pro rodeos um, because you are proof that it's possible. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, I want to take a step back and go, you know, back to your roots. Where where did your love for breakaway come from? You know, how did you get started? How was growing up? You know, all those little details. Well, I was never a breakaway roper when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. My, dad, my dad used to be a team roper, and uh, he loved team roping. So when I was really young, he told me, he was like, I'm not going to let you carry a team rope or I'm not going to let you rope until you learn how to ride a horse. And so I was actually a bell racer before my team roping life started. Oh, man. So I would enter, I would enter all the bell racings, you know, growing up. And my dad <laughs> would put me in like, the bell racing, pole bending, mm-hmm. flag racing, you know, when I was growing up. And me and all my little cousins, we, you know, did that. And then when I got to, like, junior high, like, my dad ended up, you know, getting cancer. And he had to make a lot of trips to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, go to school and stay home. And my cousins were team ropers. And but when my dad being gone, for, you know, like, um, he was, you know, just back and forth to the hospital, you know, mm-hmm. and doing treatments. And it made it hard for him to, like, be more in my rodeo life because the more I went back to the res, mm-hmm. uh, we lived on the Navajo res. It's called White Cone. It's, like, 45 minutes north of Holbrook, Arizona. Okay. And... I actually uh, graduated from Holbrook, and I would ride the bus every day to Holbrook for about a good hour every day to school. And then, like, evening times, you know, we'd get home, rope the dummy, ride horses, and we would hardly ever practice on weekdays just Mm -hmm. because we'd run out of sunlight all the time. Wow. And on weekends, we would rope. So on weekends, my dad had to go to Phoenix and get treatments done. So then, you know, I would stay home and take care of horses. And all of a sudden, like my uncle, he's like, you know what? It's your time to start roping. Mm -hmm. Get out there and start roping. So my uncle, you know, started sneaking me around a rope (laughs) and I started roping. And then all of a sudden, like, I got really good. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, my dad come home and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just healing the dummy, Dad. And then he was like, okay. And then, you know, all of a sudden he starts giving me all these tips, you know, and mm-hmm. start. And after that, he got, like, really excited about it. And he was like, you know, just keep roping the dummy. Keep roping the dummy. So every day I got home from school and he'd be like, just heal the dummy like 50 times mm-hmm. every day. And I guarantee you you know, it's going to pay off. So then like, you know, he kind of like started pushing me more and started, you know, really giving me a lot of tips because he was a phenomenal healer. Mm -hmm. And he just, he just never, you know, got out. He just always stayed on the res. And, you know, my dad was a father, you know, had to work and, you know, had to supply everything for me. So me and my little sister and, um, so basically, it was like I started late, 
and then he won like and my dad was like more of like a school guy he was like you know let's just just go to school mm -hmm. you know like school was our number one priority when i was growing up yeah. and when i got to high school um he started to enter me in, you know, little rodeos, like, you know, around the res as yeah. a healer. And then when I started healing more in the rodeos, he kept telling me, you know, you need to try that breakaway deal. It looks easy. He kept <laughs> telling me that. And then I was telling him, I was like, Dad, but I, I don't know how to rope necks. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no. He's like, just start heading now. Just start heading. So... I started heading, and then I got my confidence up to be a header, mm -hmm. and then, you know, my team roping is what really helped me through high school is, you know, being a team roper that whole time of four years of, you know, just team roping, and I kind of won, you know, little rodeos around the res and as a team roper, and then, you know... Um, when I was 18, I was a senior, and I ended up losing my dad to cancer. Oh. And then uh, I, you know, graduated, and I kind of, like, shied away from roping a lot because, you know, my dad was my number one supporter. And mm -hmm. I ended up uh, just, you know, kind of went to – I got into college, and I wasn't really touching a rope – and then finally, you know, I'm kind of, you know, start hanging around with my friends and my cousins again. You know, I started, you know, getting better. Like, I started just being myself again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I only had one horse, too. And my, you know, family kind of got rid of all my dad's horses. He had, like, two or three. Mm -hmm. And I had one of my own. And, uh so I ended up keeping my horse, and then I ended up going to college, and I somehow snuck onto the rodeo team, mm -hmm. and I got a scholarship for healing, and then all of a sudden my coach was like, hey, you know, you're a healer, and I'm pretty sure you can do this ladies' breakaway roping. <laughs> so I said, okay, and then, you know, I was good friends. I'm good friends with, like, Cassidy and... Um, Cassie Dennison and Bailey Bates mm -hmm. and you know they're breakaway ropers from when they were growing up you know and they started giving me little pointers and throughout college you know and then I remember Cassidy entered me in my first jackpot ever uh, as a breakaway roper she's like ride my horse and oh, I'm geez. gonna pay your fees and I was like wow okay you know you're like we're doing this so <laughs> So she ended up doing that for me, and here, like, after that, you know, like, I started working on it by myself, and I ended up turning my heel horse into a breakaway horse, and then I started, you know, entering at the college rodeos, and, you know, I swear to God, I was no good, like, I, I just, you know, come across that line and just try to throw it, you know, I was, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to try to win, and the only way I'm going to win is if I throw it. Oh, my God. So I just did that, you know. I just yeah. kept throwing it, kept throwing it, kept throwing it. And then, you know, at a couple college rodeos, Cassie's like, hey, you know, just just try to catch, you know. you, mm -hmm. you. She's like, 
the fastness will come. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Cass, I want to be fast. Yeah. She's like, Danielle, it'll come. It'll come. <laughs> so then, you know, it started out like that. And then, you know, more and more time I got, you know, got put into it. Uh, my grandparents in uh, Gilbert, they end up, you know, finding, they're like, you know what? You need to find a breakaway horse, mm-hmm. a good one. So we started looking around, and my grandpa that lives in Gilbert, he ended up, you know, me and my cousin, um, Chantel, he ended up, you know, buying a breakaway horse for us. And we both rode it, and we got it from the Mayfields, and um, Syl- Sylvester Mayfield, that's mm-hmm. where we got her from. And so she wasn't, she was, you know, she was pretty good. Like, she knew what she was doing and everything. Mm-hmm. And we went out to Oklahoma for an Indian rodeo. And here, um, we ended up picking her up and buying her. And I won my first check right there in the breakaway on a good breakaway horse. That is sweet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after that, you know, I just got more invested into it, you mm-hmm. know, more time. And then. Here I am, 10 years later, you know, making the NFR and the breakaway rope. And little did I know that this journey was headed this way. And I never even thought, you know, but, you know, my dad could probably see it because mm-hmm. he would always tell me, you know, um, you should try the breakaway. You should try the breakaway. And I'm like, Dad, I don't think I'm that, you know, I don't think I'm that fast. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. No. Like just try, just try, oh my and all it—that's all it—that's all it takes, I yeah. guess. Just try, just a little bit of try, and yeah, exactly. Look, yeah. Where, look where you are now. <laughs> I know, right? Man, it's oh. crazy. Well, and I—I I am uh, sorry to hear about your dad. You know, I—I I couldn't imagine. I know that's tough losing a dad, um, but I'm sure that he is smiling big at all you have accomplished. Uh, with that little breakaway rope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's like a very bittersweet moment, you know, because, yeah. like, after I lost my dad, you know, um, this past year or, you know, in 2021, I ended up losing my grandmother to COVID. Ugh. And, like, she was another big supporter, you know, when I lost my dad, she had stepped in and, you know, I was with her for the past 10 years. and. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you know, helped me grow, you know, mm-hmm. helped me grow and to love what I was doing because for a minute there, you know, I never even realized, you know, like I, I never realized how much I wanted it, but mm-hmm. how hard it was, you know, how hard it is to get where I'm at. And yeah, just her, you know, being there and telling me, you know, this is all going to pay off, you know, this is, this is what you want, you know, and having someone in your corner to tell you, you know, like to just be there and, Mm -hmm. you know, say like basically when an elder talks to you in Navajo, Mm -hmm. it's like, so it's, it's way more meaningful, you know? And she would always talk to me in Navajo, you know, and Mm -hmm. say, you can do it. Like, this is what you're doing. This is what you're made for, you know, and just like really push me to be who I am. And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, NFR came and she would have loved it. You know, she would have been happy. She would have been there. She had been, 
she had been at all my trips to the INFR and for me to win it this year, it, it was, it was like, it was a very emotional trip just yeah. because, you know, she wasn't there either, you know, and she was another big supporter that I had and mm-hmm. I ended up winning the world and I dedicated my world title to my gram my grandma and my, my dad. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's crazy how life goes. It is. No, and, but that is, you know, I always look at it, it's like you always have, like, you don't have them with you anymore, but you know they're watching all the time. Like, they're watching every move you make now. Um, which, yeah. So you always have them with you, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what she would, you know, she would say, you know, mm-hmm. I know your dad's not here, but you gotta keep going. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're blessed with a lot of talent, and, you know, this is what you're here for is basically she's like, you just got to do what you got to do. She would always tell me. And so this year, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go all in again. And, you know, you you never know what's going to happen. You know, it's just, it's got to keep trying and don't give up basically. Yeah. Is there anything like, I don't know if it'd be cool or not, but is there anything specific that your grandma or your dad would say to you in Navajo? that would like really stick with uh, you um there is a lot of things mm-hmm. that they would say but like um i know my grandma would always like she li- re- really um put a lot of prayer into me you mm-hmm. know like so basically in Navajo, I would, you know, just pray about me and my horse to, mm-hmm. you know, the creator and stuff and, like, my strong beliefs of, like, my roots and, you know, how to use it and, you know, how to be, um, you know, basically believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how my grandma, you know, would talk to me in Navajo is, you know, believe in yourself. But, um I'm a little shy to say it in Navajo, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, because I've heard, um, you know, I've, I've heard Aaron talking Navajo, and I, you know, I just wanted to see if you could do it, but understand if you're a little shy to say it. <laughs> yeah, they're a little older. Wait until I'm over 30, and then maybe I'll start talking Navajo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Man. Well, and then also, you talked a lot about, well, before I get into that, um, family. I know family is really big for you. I remember the last time we talked to you uh, for the SCORE podcast at the Wildfire. Family was a big thing, and that horse you were riding was, I believe, your nieces or um, yeah, something like, you know. Talk about a little bit about, fa- like, how does family play into your role as a break? Oh, God, my, my family is huge, like... I got my mom's side, I got my dad's side, and then, you know, my family that I'm living with now, Mm -hmm. you know, and my grandparents, my grandpa, like, like, when I first started out, my family, you know, I have a big, we're, like, huge, like, Mm -hmm. our clans just run on and on and on, like, everyone's related to everyone, Mm -hmm. and my family, um, really, they always support me and always you know, knew that I had a lot of talent and always wanted me, you know, to follow my dreams and, you know, to 
to get to this level and just basically pushed me to work hard and to just basically be encouraging me mm-hmm. to be where I'm at. And it's pretty awesome and amazing, you know, that I lost my, my dad and like everyone stepped up, you know, mm-hmm. like everyone in my family, my siblings, my mom, like they knew what I wanted. They knew I had the talent and, you know, um, my family and Gilbert, you know, um, they basically gave me hope and gave me, you know, hope when I needed it and mm-hmm. would always be there and, you know, tell me, you know, you can do it. You know, all you got to do is believe. And that's where I feel like my belief got really strong. And, you know, I felt like that even though, you know, I lost my biggest supporter, you know, a lot of people stepped up, you know, all my family. Mm-hmm. They stepped up just because, you know, my dad wasn't there. And I felt like, you know, they supported me, you know, at all the Indian rodeos and, you know, told me I could do it and would show up at all the big rodeos just to cheer me on. And they would just love to see me win, you know, and they just never let up. And they'd always knew that I would be where I'm at. And I felt like, just having the best support like that, you know, makes you drive yourself more, you know, like I have a ton of nieces who like go to the rodeos and, you know, see me on TV, like the little ones, you know, mm-hmm. they'll be watching TV and they see me at a rodeo and even when I miss, they'll be screaming. It's so <laughs> cute, you know, and I just love it when my sister sends me snaps of her kids screaming. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what's going on. And they just scream and scream. And it's so cute. And I just love it. And then, you know, I got my older nieces. You know, they travel on the road with me when they're on summer break. And mm-hmm. they're they're so in love, you know, with, like, Larry D and Jackie and all the big timers. You know, they... They'll, they'll come over to me and I'll be like, oh, my God, Larry D said hi. Oh, my God, Jackie <laughs> smiled at me, you know. And I'll be like, I just cracked up because, you know, it's funny because I was there once, mm-hmm. you know. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, just talk to them, you know. They'll talk to you if you talk to them. Yeah. And, then, um, you know, it's just stuff like that, you know, makes me, you know, keep wanting to go and, you know keep wanting to push myself to be better and you know just show them you know if I can do it mm-hmm. you know you can do it and that's the one thing is that you know my family has stuck by me through everything that I've always wanted to do and they have never let up they just been there you know and that's all it takes is you know having the best support mm-hmm. to get to to get where you want to go, you know? And I mean, I'm telling you now, like there's just so many people who's always been behind me, you know, and always knew, you know, that I was gonna try and, you know, be a breakaway roper or be a good healer or be a good header, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that just always, you know, has, you know, push me to be where I'm at and help me be where I'm at, basically. It made me become this person, the Danny Lowe show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh, I love it. 
And speaking of um, the Danny Lowe show, I was going to ask, because I know you have those stickers for the Danny Lowe show. You know, what's the what's the backing behind the stickers, you know? I love it. I love the oh, Danny Lowe show. Believe that? Yep, believe that. <laughs> yeah, well, so I have this cousin at home, and, you know, he's a good roper, but, you know, he has responsibilities, and I feel like he's just a little scared, but every now and then, you know, when we hang out and he's around me, he gets all pumped up and he just, you know, pumps me up and he's like, Danielle, you can do it. He's like, come on. He's like, don't even let off. Don't even, don't even, you know, don't ever think about, don't ever think that you're not. He's like, always think that you are. Mm -hmm. He's like a great motivator i'm telling you and you know he was like you just gotta believe Mm -hmm. and that's all he kept telling me you know to back in 2020 he kept telling me you know you just gotta believe and that was like basically my first real year of you know trying to be a breakaway roper Uh so every every time i come back to arizona you know he'd give me this big old pep talk you know we're practicing and i practice with him every now and then you know he'd go go to work come come over to my place and we'd rope and he'd pep talk me and you know just basically help me you know uh believe in myself Mm -hmm. and then he's like you know what we just need a saying he's like (laughs) every time you feel like you don't you don't feel confident or you don't believe he's like we need to make a saying and then all of a sudden he was like you know what believe that and i'm like oh shit that's a good one and he's <laughs> like hell yeah and then it just stuck you know in mm-hmm. 2021 we were like believe that every time he called me he texted me after a rodeo before a rodeo he'd be like believe that that's all we would say and then since then like it's just there we go. We just got to believe, you know? So I felt like that was a good saying, mm-hmm. you know, just made me feel confident and made me feel good. You know, like believe, mm-hmm. believe in yourself, believe that. I love that. Gives me chills. I really love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, for real. Cool. So you gotta, you gotta buy a sticker. It's freaking awesome. I know I'm going to have to, I'm going to put it on my, my cooler <laughs> and put them everywhere. That's cool. I love that. <laughs> Uh, shucks. Oh, that's yeah, cool. my family got my family got pretty excited when I started using that. Yeah, they they all wanted to know too, you know. And uh, my traveling partner, which is my family, Chantel, she was like, you know what? We need to make stickers of that because that shit is good. That no, <laughs> yeah. that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so a good way to trademark fam- yourself. <laughs> yeah, basically, my family's just you know making stickers, making t-shirts and making and making my name, you know, Danny Lowe show. And then mm-hmm. at INFR, you know, the announcer, he's like the Danny Lowe show. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh shoot. You know, after that, my family fell in love with it. <laughs> and we're going to roll with it. <laughs> yeah. So we're rolling. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That is cool. Equinity Horse XL and Equinity Ultimate OEC helps keep horses' bodies in the best shape possible when competing and going down the road. The amino acids in Equinity products help horses both at home and on the road. Horses recover faster and overall have healthier coat and hoof quality. 
Equinity products are a go-to for a solid supplement foundation for all horses at any stage of life, no matter what their job is. Equinity Horse XL is made up of 100% pure amino acids, specifically formulated to give the body what it needs in order to promote repair at the cellular level. The Equinity Ultimate OEC is a flaxseed-based omega-3 with natural vitamin E and colloidal all-in-one, which makes for a very powerful antioxidant, helps neutralize free radicals, and helps to reduce inflammation. For more information, please visit www.teamequinity.com. That is www.teamequinety.com. I want to talk about, we kind of brought up horsepower. I want to talk about, you know, what are the horses that got you here? That, you know, the horses that got you to your your world title and at the INF, INFR, got you to the finals, you know. What what are well, you riding? I had, I had this mare, mm-hmm. um, the one that, you know, my dad basically got me a long time ago when I was like, you know, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, her name was Shoddy Lowe. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, uh, yeah, her name was Shoddy Lowe. And um, she uh, she was given to me by uh, by my dad's boss he used to work for. And he, uh, my dad would train horses for him, you know, and rope on all his horses and stuff. And one day he'd come over and he saw me roping the dummy and he goes, Hey, Danielle. And he's from Holbrook. His mm-hmm. name is Mike Rehead. And, um, he told me, he's like, you know what? I'm going to make you a deal. And I was like, what's up? And he is like, if you get straight A's this whole semester, I'll give you a horse. And he's like, and it don't matter what it is. He's mm-hmm. like, your dad knows we have a herd of horses you can choose out of from and you pick he told me he's like but you gotta get straight A's and I was like and I was only 12 years old at the mm-hmm. time and that's pretty easy so <laughs> You're I like, went Game on. and I freaking got I got straight A's that semester and I went over to his house and I gave him my report card and he goes all right you could go have your dad round him up and oh let's go gosh. take your pick and I ended up picking this really nice buckskin mare, mm-hmm. and she was freaking wild. Like, I mean, <laughs> went through wooded fences and, like, you know, would just buck when, I mean, buck and, like, stiffen up. But luckily, I have a lot of cousin brothers who aren't scared and were mm-hmm. team ropers that, you know, they kind of broke her and made her all good and nice for me. And by the time I got to team roping on her, she got really good and mm-hmm. I kept her, you know, and that through high school. And then when I got to college, she was getting a little older. She was probably like maybe 14 or 16. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she ended up having a baby. And, um, at that time when she had a baby, my niece was born and I kept thinking to myself, I, I, you know, I was just a young kid mm-hmm. and I didn't have no money and I kept, and it's my first niece, you know, and I kept telling myself, you know, I want to give something to my niece, but it has to be something cool, you uh-huh. know, and I, 
I didn't, and I didn't know, but at the time my horse was pregnant and she had just had her baby and my niece was turning one years old. And here I told my sister, I said, this is going to be Peyton's horse when it, and the horse was born. And I was like, this is Peyton's horse. And then I gave it to my niece, you know, when that horse got here. That's and cool. I ended up raising her. Mm-hmm. I ended up raising the baby. And, um, you know, throughout college, you know, she was around. And then uh, she got bigger. And I broke her myself. And I trained her myself. And her name is Boots. Yeah, that's the one and, you won uh, that the wildfire on in Hamilton, correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. I remember this and then, one. <laughs> yeah, and so I I've had her ever since she was a baby, mm-hmm. and she's not papered, and her mom was papered, but she wasn't papered, mm-hmm. and you know back then I didn't know nothing about papered horses. You know? Oh yeah. I was just I didn't really know much. You know, I'm just a res kid growing up loving horses and liking roping you know and I at the time it didn't matter so then um I ended up you know just making her the best I could with Mm -hmm. another horse that I got and all of a sudden you know this horse like was pretty much so easy to train like she made my life easy Mm -hmm. training like didn't even fight me didn't really do much was so tiny like a pony like it was my and then my uncle started telling me you know i don't think the horse is really gonna do you much and uh-huh. i'm like why and he's like she's just too calm he's like <laughs> she doesn't she, he's like can she even run she looks like a pony and i'm like i don't know we'll find out when she gets big <laughs> and then she was like she was only like four years old you know and mm-hmm. it was so cute and then you know all of a sudden, you know, when I went back down to Phoenix, I started, you know, team roping and on team roping on her, and um, I ended up uh, just making her heel horse. At, at by the time she was like five, six years old, and then I didn't start rodeoing on her until she was like seven or eight, mm-hmm. like healing and did rodeoing, and then all of a sudden, you know, I went to the BFI. I, I went to the BFI on her mom in in high school. Maybe okay. up to like 22, I went to the BFI on her mom. But then in uh, 2018, I think was her first big year. I took her to the BFI in 2018. Okay. And then from from then from then on, I've I've had uh, Boots as my main heel horse, and I ended up getting rid of her mom just because I wanted her to live a better life, you know, like Mm -hmm. not to be roped on and just be retired. And one of my neighbors ended up buying her for his mom. And um, she ended up, you know, reselling her because she wanted another one. But her mom is still in Gilbert and um, basically a trail horse right now. Gotcha. Which, I mean, I, I love because that's what I wanted for her. And yeah, I have boots now. And Boots, you know, basically started everything, you know, mm-hmm. and I won, I, uh, won, uh, the BFI on her, won the wildfire on her, and, you know, um, she got pretty, pretty good at, 
you know, breakaway just mm -hmm. playing at home. So one year when I won the wildfire, uh, I said, you know what? I'm just going to hang out and wait till I'm going to try and, you know, um, I'm going to try and make it to the American honor. I thought to myself, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> so I ended up staying in Texas for a whole month after I won the wildfire. And I breakaway on her, and here I got two qualifications into the American on her, oh, and literally yeah. I didn't have I had no qualifications, and I did it in a month, <laughs> and I was like, damn, I was like, how you know this is this isn't bad, you know, let's let's do it. Yeah, so I ended up you know making it that far, and I got to the semifinals. I think that was maybe the first year they had breakaway. Okay. At the um, American. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the second year. I can't remember. It was either the first or the second. But yeah. we ended up doing no good at the semifinals. But, hell, I was still proud that I did it in a month, you know? Yeah, no, that's and cool. I, uh, you know, made it there. And that's when it started. And I kind of wore her out a little bit. And I got home. And I started thinking, you know, God, if I really want to be a better breakaway roper, I gotta find me a horse. Mm -hmm. So my buddy, who I always rope with and lives literally five minutes down the road where I ride my horses down to go practice at, just mm -hmm. down, literally down the road in Gilbert. His name is Terry Wanger, mm -hmm. and um, he ended up—he has like a ton of horses, and he ended up, at, you know. At, I've been riding for him for like, I'm going to say since I was like 22 or 21, somewhere around there. And he, you know, every year, you know, when I wasn't working, I was riding his horses when I didn't work and stuff. And mm -hmm. so he would tell me, you know, just when I came back from Texas, he's like, you know, you should, uh, he's like, my horses need a little tuning up on. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. He was like, um, do you want to try and break away on some? And I was like, hell, I was like, all right. So I started breakawaying on a couple of his horses. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had this, um, this buckskin horse that was fast and, you know, couldn't really get his, uh, his speed under control. And, I started working with that one more and more and more and come to find out, I mean, this sucker like was so fast at learning that he picked it up quick, you know? Yeah. So in 20, um, 20, I believe I, um, I told him, I said, Hey, you know, I want to go, want to go, uh, to the BFI in March. Mm -hmm. And he said, or I think it was in March. I don't know. It was the first year they had it at Lazy. Okay. Yeah. I think and um, I told him, I was like, you know, I want to go over there. And I was like, but I, I like this horse. And I feel like, you know, he he's a really good horse. And I said, is there any way, you know, you can mount me up? And then he was like. He was like, he's like, let me think about it. And then I said, okay. So then, you know, I just kept riding him and everything. And then, you know, it was getting close. I was two months 
of breakwaying on him and he had learned so much and I took him to his first jackpot right before I left to the BFI and then when I was on my way he called me and he's like you know I don't want to mount you up all here he's like how about you just buy them for me mm-hmm. and, you know you just take them buy them and you know give me money when you win and I said really and he goes yeah he's like just let's just work at that He's like, I know you can do it. So then I was like, all right. I was like, screw it. I was all, you know, I was like, all right, I'm all in. Yeah. I got a horse and let's go. So I took off and I went to the BFI. And, you know, after that, I I wanted to go to the pro rodeos because mm-hmm. I wanted to make the NFR. And then, you know, but what was really crazy was he wasn't even a, seasoned breakaway horse you yeah. know he wasn't even seasoned I, I was just i just cracked him out you just you threw know, him into the fire <laughs> yeah i just threw him in and i mean all of a sudden like he got better so like i paid him off in a year mm-hmm. and then you know um now he's officially mine and now he's just you know living the good life of a breakaway roping horse to where he only gets exercise and scored on and mm-hmm you know, gets breaks and I end up buying him and his name is little Mo. And, um, I seasoned him this whole year and then mm-hmm. we made the NFR yeah. the following our second year. So I felt that was pretty amazing to do too, you know, is like buy a horse and all of a sudden a year later I make the NFR, you know, that's odd. No, that is, that's cool. That is cool. How all of it unraveled. Yeah, and it's, uh, I'm just saying, like, God, trust and pray so Mm -hmm. hard and don't freaking stop believing because things can happen, you know, and through, you know, the creator, through the freak, through God, you know, Mm -hmm. anything is possible. And I felt like everything happened for a reason, you know, and Mm -hmm. now it's like, me and him we have this great connection you know like i feel like every time i get on him i can back in the box and win and Mm -hmm. that's what i love about him is that i worked hard and i got him to where he's at and now it's all up to me you know Mm -hmm. just believing in him and him believing in me and i guarantee it's there because shoot we always win together yeah (laughs) so that's that's how it started and then um and then, you know, I was kind of like seasoning him. Mm-hmm. And then I got to thinking, you know, it was time to get rid of our old mare that I had qualified on to the INFR five times. Okay. Her name was, that was the one I got from the Mayfields. Uh-huh. Me and my family had got, and um, I thought that, you know, it was her time to, you know, go to junior rodeo and she she kind of had like a high host like you know would freaking jump up when i would break away rope but she didn't really have a good stop but Mm -hmm. she was still she was still a winner you know so i told myself i was like i'm just gonna you know see if anyone wants to buy her Mm -hmm. you know but i had her in the trailer my first year of pro rodeo okay and then um when i was in south dakota i ran into this family that had a daughter who needed a horse Mm -hmm. And they wanted her to start breakaway roping. 
and then all of a sudden, like, you know, they asked me to give her lessons. Oh, wow. So I'm like, and I'm like, wow. I was like, well, I'll give her lessons. And I was like, and I have, you know, ganja to uh, give lessons on. She's so good, you know, like, mm-hmm. she's very well tamed. And I was like, she can get the job done. And then, um, so at that moment in time, the family was like, all right, we're, you know, I gave her lessons. They told me, um, we're looking for a horse. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually getting, I'm trying to get rid of this horse that Mm -hmm. she was riding. And then, uh, they ended up telling me, um, they're like, are you really going to sell your horse? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm ready to sell her. I was like, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look for another one. Mm-hmm. And then um, I end up um, selling her to that family right then and there. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know, this is working out. <laughs> and then at the time, at, at, at the same time, you know, I'm looking for another horse, too. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, browsing around and looking. And... Shelby Bosley has this horse and, you know, her, her name is Busy. Mm-hmm. She has this horse posted. And I see, you know, her post and she's like, I need money to rodeo this summer. And I'm like, wow, don't we all need money to rodeo this summer? <laughs> but she keeps posting it. And then I'm like, damn, I wonder why no one's buying it. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I kind of start texting her a little bit and start asking her questions. And she told me she thinks that, you know, she told me she's like, just come try it out. Just come try it out. And I was up rodeoing and I couldn't get home. I couldn't get back to Texas, you know, to try it out. Yeah. I didn't have enough money to go back down there. And I was like, God, I want to go back down, but I just, it'd be a waste of money because we had to go back up, you know, yeah, like it'd be kind of pointless at that point. So I was like, there's no point in me going back. And then, you know, I was just thinking about it and I kept texting her. And and I think about maybe a month, uh, maybe two months mm-hmm. went by and she had still had the horse. And by then I was like, all right, I got this much money to spend on a horse. And I ended up calling my family also. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, talking to them and I was like, Hey, you know, Shelby Bosley has this horse and she's trying to sell it. I said, I'll, I'll talk to her and see, you know, what, what she wants to do. And so we, me and my family and Gilbert, we ended up, you know, selling that horse and then we put enough money to get together to get another horse. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. We ended up buying her from Shelby. Heck and then, yeah. Um, we got her on the lineup. And then, you know, she was kind of, Shelby told me, you know, it, the source is a little, a little, you know, she, she's okay, but mm-hmm. you just got to know how to ride her. Yeah. And I said, okay. So I ended up, you know, she ended up in my trailer for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then um, I thought she would be okay with my horses and my horses end up, you know, freaking beating her up oh. so bad and then i was like damn so we took her home and she ended up staying home for like two months and mm-hmm. then we started over training her again and by winter time 
last year through this past winter, last year I didn't make the finals. I just stayed home and I worked with her and I worked with her. And then all of a sudden, you know, beginning of the year, she was back in the trailer and she was in the lineup. Oh, heck yeah. And then my good horse, little Mo, ended up getting hurt um, right before Weatherford. And uh, he wasn't hurt, hurt, but I could tell, you know, he was hurting a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I was like, screw it. You know, this is going to be, we renamed her, um, we renamed her to Shabiz. It's like um, basically a different name, a Navajo name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we gave her a Navajo name, and uh, her name was Shabiz now. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we end up, you know, putting her in the lineup. And at the time, she was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And her first, her first pro rodeo was um, Weatherford Rodeo, oh, okay. Weatherford, Texas this past year mm-hmm. and um she ended up you know just coming out phenomenal now like oh, wow. i mean is a is a winning horse right now and i come back ninth i call on her yet um yesterday and mm-hmm. i missed but i mean she worked amazing and this horse has changed me so much mm-hmm. you know and i I feel like every time I'm on, I'm on her, you know, I can rope like Shelby Beaujolais. So <laughs> that's, that's not a bad person to rope like either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's another confidence booster. And it's kind of cute because she has that, that, uh, I notice like Shelby, when she wants her horse to tuck its head in, mm-hmm. she'll kind of pull on it. And I mean, this horse does the same thing and I <laughs> love it. Like, she'll just tuck her head in and give it to me you know and yeah i just like that one little thing that maybe shelby you know did so much on her is is helping me now Mm -hmm. no (laughs) you know and i just love it and it's amazing Mm -hmm. no that's cool it's it's fun too like the having different kind of style horses too (laughs) yeah and she is different than than my buckskin Mm -hmm. you know So that is, that's a big, you know, deal that, um, that has changed, you know, I mean, things just keep changing and it's like, I just keep adjusting, you know, and Mm -hmm. I feel like my, my roping has, you know, adjusted so much in the past two years Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's getting better each and every year I keep learning, you know, basically staying an open book, you know, Mm -hmm. no matter what, you know, just pick yourself back up and try to learn something, you know, and that's what I feel like my horses, I work, I work pretty hard on trying to, you know, learn way more of them than me, you know, so, uh-huh. and my vet, um, right there in Stephenville, his, his name is Mitch Hutchinson, and he has helped me, you know, learn more about horses, mm-hmm. and, you know, what, what uh what what they need and how they can get better you know so i feel like you know it takes a whole tribe takes a whole team you know to really become good and i feel like i'm doing all the right steps and all the right you know patience and Mm -hmm. you know trying to you know do all the right things so everything will work out 
No, it's cool that you're taking all those extra steps that, you know, people might not really think about to better your roping. Because it's not just your roping, it's your horsepower, it's, you know, every little thing sets the whole picture yeah. up. Yep. And that's, that's what I mean. Like, the more I got to hang out, mm -hmm. you know, at these big ropings and see, you know, all the big names, you know, the more I started watching. You know, the more I seen how their horses are, the more I picked up little things from just watching them. Yeah. You know, I'll sit there and be like, damn, I wish I had that horse. <laughs> that would be a nice horse to yeah. be riding, you know, and just, and then, you know, you, then you get back on your horse and then you're like, God damn, you know what? Screw it. I can get by. Mm -hmm. I just gotta get better. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, and Danielle, something that's really unique about you that's different from brother breakaway ropers that i've noticed is that um and it's just something really small but you rope with a roping glove in the breakaway yeah what is your reasoning for roping with a roping glove well um since you know i was never really a breakaway roper mm -hmm. i always get nervous really bad <laughs> like because i felt like i wasn't a breakaway roper <laughs> so like i would just put on this glove and it would take everything away like oh i'm just a roper you know and and it makes me like not feel that i'm nervous in my hand you know and it basically like like you just put your hand in your glove mm -hmm. and it's like a whole new world. It's, it's like, like a Michael security Jackson blanket. With gloves. Yeah, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, like that glove, you know, the gloves I put on, they just mm -hmm. it just makes me not nervous. Basically, like my hand never gets sweaty or anything. I don't ever have to worry about you know. You know, like sometimes you get little rope burns mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. I don't know. It just makes my hand feel safe. So I just, I love roping with the glove on. Gotcha. My first year, my first year I didn't do it because I was kind of embarrassed, you know, mm -hmm. because I was coming to Texas and, you know, everyone's using powder. And mm -hmm. So I try to adjust the powder. Powder's just not the same. Yeah. You know? It's just not the same. So that's why I put on a glove, you know, it's just, just makes me feel the way I am, you know, and I like it. No, and I, I just feel like I can, you know, feed it better mm -hmm. or, you know, I just have a better feel of it. Yeah, and like you that's said, you, like. you started off team roping, so it just makes sense that you, you know, it's natural to you to have a glove on. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I've always so, wanted to ask you that, and I'm glad I finally got to, because I've, I've always noticed it. Like, it's not weird, you know? I don't think it's weird at all. Yeah. It's just something that it, you're the only person I ever really see do it. So, that's cool. That's like your little trade, one of your other trademarks. Yeah, and that's what Martha always laughs at me. She's always like, oh, Danielle and her team roping, you know, her, <laughs> her team roping stuff. <laughs> and and I, it just cracks me up because Martha's so funny, you know, she mm -hmm. always, you know, blasts me. Danielle mm -hmm. and her freaking team roping stuff, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I know, I'm just, you know, I'm just a team roper trying to be a breakaway roper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, oh so it's... I like it, though, you know. 
and you know if people are telling me now you, you should make your own glove like that i just was about to say that it. and i'm like really like, yeah you should make your own glove like you need to get with rattler and you need to tell them put and your I'm believe like, that on it yeah then that oh my god stop telling what i'm gonna do okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're literally discussing now, saying, you know, we should put in the, you know, how, you know, Classic has uh, uh-huh. success in your hand. Oh, yeah. Everyone, everyone's telling me, just put Believe That in the middle of it, too. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, turn it around and then put Danny Lowe Show on the back. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Heck, yeah. That <laughs> oh, would be God, awesome. Yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. That's the glove theory. That's the glove theory. I love the glove theory. I'm going to have to get a few of those in my rope bag as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shucks. Taylor Munzel was actually the first one ever to tell me, like, Danielle, you really need to make that. You need to make your own um, glove line or whatever. Yeah. Like, you, really, you really think so? She, she's telling me this, like, a year ago, and I'm like, yeah. And I when I first started cracking out with my gloves, she's like, girl, you need to make a glove line. That glove, that's your trademark right now. And it I'm is. Like, I know. I love gloves. I was like, I love gloves. I don't know why. I just <laughs> like it. <laughs> she's all laughing. But, oh, man. No, that's cool. I am waiting for the day that you come out with that, and I'm sure everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Man. And it's so cool, like. I go to Indian Rodeo last year, uh-huh. and I went to an Indian Rodeo, and it was in, I had just missed at Cheyenne to be good, to come back short round, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was all kind of upset with myself driving, and I was up at this Indian Rodeo in Oklahoma on Sunday. If I would have made it back short round in Cheyenne, I would have turned out at this Indian Rodeo in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. But I ended up doing no good. So I drove all night to Oklahoma the next day, and I was up that Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And and Slack was that morning. So I had just rolled up Slack right when Slack was starting. And Breakaway was first out. Oh, geez. And it started at 9. And I, you know, pinned up my horses and everything, took them out and let them rest and everything. And I walked over there, you know, I was watching the breakaway from behind the box. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I see this little Navajo girl with a glove on and a Spitfire rope. And at the time, I was using Spitfire. And, you know, she has long hair and she comes out and she's a freaking 2-1. Oh man! Boom with the, with the glove on and the Spitfire rope, and I'm like, holy shit! Like that literally looks like me if I was ten years younger. Yeah. <laughs> and I was all thinking that, and then I walked over to her, and I was like, how does it feel the rope with the glove on? What do you think? And she was like, you know what? I don't know. Like, I just like it, <laughs> and, and it just it just makes me feel like I'm like you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, does it? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. I said, hey, look, keep up the good work. I was like, you wrote really good. And she was like, thank you. And she's from the Navajo Res, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I seen her grow up. And so I knew who she was. And I thought it was pretty cool, you know, that she had a glove on and a Spitfire rope. And then I come out 
and I was a two one, and we ended up tying for the rodeo win. And oh heck That yeah. was the one rodeo. That was the one rodeo I won to get into the INFR. Oh wow! And here, um, I ended up getting into the INFR with that one win, and it was kind of cool, you know, to mm-hmm. tie with this, to tie with her, and you know. To have her have a glove and a Spitfire rope, and I was using the same thing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool, you know. No, that is cool. That I love. I love little stuff like that. That must have been such a cool uh, feeling. Yeah, and then you know, I won the rodeo and saw that. You know, I was like, dang, I'm not mad that I missed that Cheyenne. Anymore, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm ready for next year? That's what I was thinking. I'm ready for next year. Oh yeah. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. Well, and you know, speaking of next year, um, on this podcast, I always it, it's called the Breakaway Breakdown Podcast, and I always look, like to ask, um, you know, whoever I'm interviewing, what is something that they're breaking down in their roping or their horsemanship or even their mental game? Um, for you, what is something that you're you're breaking down to to take that next step with your roping? Well, <clears throat> um. What I really um, needed to work on was, uh, you know, kind of staying behind the barrier on longer barriers and just riding my horse Mm -hmm. and basically catching because that was, um, like, I went to a bunch of rodeos this year and not the start, but I quit riding my horse and missed, Uh you know, and that takes you out of, like, Woodward, all all the unique rodeos you know all the rodeos that are different mm-hmm. and so this year you know i kind of during the finals you know i was hanging around all the girls that rope so good you know i kind of went up to larry d and i asked her i was like you know what um i just want to ask you a question i was like what what do you think that you know i could change to make me better mm-hmm. So you don't you don't have to answer like right away or you know you you kind of seem to rope all the time so I just you know want to know what you think. She told me she was like, well, you know what you do is you know good. She's like, you have that whole step down. And it's mm-hmm. good. She's like, you rope phenomenal, but I just feel like when it's a longer setup and you got to ride your horse more, you know, that's what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you know, I was like, okay. So after the finals, uh, I went home and just trailed a bunch of slow cattle and just basically, you know, worked on what she told me to work on. Uh-huh. And then, and then uh, I went to Odessa, you know, yesterday mm-hmm. and they had a jackpot and here the barrier was a little more out, you know. So... You know, just that little tip, it it showed and it played yesterday, uh-huh. you know. And, I mean, I was like 3-4, you know, and 3-3 three, three, and like 2-9. I was, I, my fastest time was a 2-9 yesterday mm-hmm. in this jackpot. And I came back high call and I came back ninth high call. Oh, wow. And, uh, and you know, just, just doing that, like what she told me, mm-hmm. you know, what I need to work on. It came into play, and here, you know, I kind of feel better about it now, you know? Yeah. But just 
just that little thing, you know, helps. I mean, there's a lot of tips that, you know, um, a lot of tips that people have taught me. Like, you know, one, I went to Jackie's one day, you mm-hmm. know, she taught me that to find the first stride of the calf, which I never even realized that that's what you need to do, you know, to be quick. Yeah. And, or basically get in line with the calf, you know, and it, it's like feeds your shot faster, you mm-hmm. know, and just, there's a lot of things that I learned, you know, from just asking, you know, little steps, but that's the one thing that, you know, um, happened in the last three, two months, you know, that of my roping is, yeah. Uh, I just try to be a catcher instead of just missing and not riding my horse, you know. So just those little little things to work on in the practice bin, slowing things down basically mm-hmm. is what really helps um, be a better breakaway roper. And I mean, if you want to be better, I think that you just got to go where people know what they're doing mm-hmm. and that's what that's what I you know I did basically was I got out in Arizona and started you know trucking away to Texas every freaking month and now it's paying off you know like yeah. keep coming back and like just keep winning so I feel like um, all the pushing and you know all the learning that I'm doing is just working now and you know, I'm very thankful and humble to be where I'm at. I just, you know, got to thank the creator for blessing me mm-hmm. and my family and, you know, God and, you know, being in our lives, you know, making my life good. So I just feel very fortunate. Yeah. And to learn. Yeah. To be a learner. No, you that's know? it. I love that. I love be it. a learner because that's all, I mean, you can learn something from, from anyone whether something yeah. big or something small and you know like like you said like don't don't be afraid to ask like you went and asked larry d for help went to jackie like never be afraid to ask for help yeah and see that was my my thing like the first year was i was a little scared of them mm-hmm. and i didn't know how to talk to them either and you know I didn't really want to talk, but I wanted to learn, basically. Yeah. So I just, you know, did what I had to do. But And then at the same time, I wanted to know who they were, you know, yeah. how they are as a person. And and that's the one thing that, you know, made me become a better person, too. Like, it really touched me is I want to be better, be a better person, not to be better than anyone else, but mm-hmm. to be a better person. and. I felt like my, you know, my whole life has changed so much in the past two years that, mm-hmm. you know, um, they they elevated who I am as a person and elevated my roping and elevated everything in life, basically, mm-hmm. you know, just being, being in that roping pin and watching them and watch how they talk, watch, you know, how how they are you know I felt felt like that was the biggest thing that um, has taught me a lot no yeah that's awesome that's it I uh 
I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Danielle, uh, I think that's all I kind of had for you today. Uh, thank you so much for letting me ask you questions and uh, being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, it's kind of, it's it's cool to listen to your podcast, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, a lot of people take time to listen to them, but I feel like, you know, there's someone out there who wants to hear, mm-hmm. you know, how, you know, people are going about rodeo and roping mm-hmm. and breakaway roping. And I feel like you're doing an amazing job, you know, because I was that once listener, you know, listening mm-hmm. to your podcast and, trying to get the inside scoop about breakaway roping. <laughs> so no. I learned a lot by just listening too. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I I appreciate you being candid and sharing as much as you did. I'm I'm I know for a fact a, a handful of our listeners are going to love listening to what you had to say. Um, you know, pe- they like it when people people open up and are just open about their their journey and their trials and errors and, you know, whatnot that comes with being a breakaway roper. Yeah, there's a lot of error, but there's a lot you can fix if you're really dedicated to it. So <laughs> definitely, I felt like I felt like that. You know, it's in everyday life. So yeah, we're all, we're all just getting by day by day. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Drive safe, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you sometime soon. Thank you all for listening to this episode and thank you to our friends at Equinity for helping us bring you this episode. Don't forget, if you're loving this podcast, head on over to anywhere you're listening at and leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you're liking. Let us know who you want to hear on these episodes. We have more to come in the coming weeks.